Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Saturday with Smoltz, where the Hall of Famer John Smoltz that joins me every single week is set to be the very first guest in this brand spanking new studio. This place is unbelievable. So I'm excited to talk to him this week, especially because I have a lot of great questions for him about the small market teams that appear to be taking over baseball right now. The D-backs, Orioles, Rangers, Rays, Reds, all in my top 10 power rankings this week. Why are they doing so well? And some of the juggernauts of the league, Astros, Yankees, Dodgers, are doing fine, but not as good as we normally see them doing. As well as I have Cal Ripken Jr. joining the show very shortly, have to ask John his favorite Cal Ripken Jr. story. And another question, we just got back from San Diego where we spent the weekend, and I couldn't stop thinking, about how if I were to start a team right now with anybody not named Shohei Otani, it'd be really hard for me to not pick Fernando Tatis Jr. So going to ask John Smoltz that question as well. This one is going to be a blast. Let's get to it. Fly ball onto the track. At the wall. It's gone. Home run. Turns on a ball. Deep right field. Game, what a moment. All right, it is time now to welcome in my first guest in the brand new studio. It is Saturday with Smoltz. Let's welcome in my friend, John Smoltz. John, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. What a cool looking uh, studio you've got. You're the first one, my friend. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I look forward to many, many more. This place is, this place is incredible. So uh, let's get started first. I feel like so many small market teams in baseball this year are dominating. And I, I actually remember early in the season, you said something about this, Smoltz, how the rules this year might sort of level the playing field a little bit. And I don't even know if you thought to this degree or even if you think that's the reason, but this season we've seen the Orioles, the Rangers, the D-backs, the Rays, the Reds to a degree, all playing really good baseball, and some of the juggernauts of the league, not, not so much. What do you think the reason for that is? Well, I think rosters and the way that they're built, right, the rosters of these teams uh, lend themselves to more, I think, space stealing, more put, putting balls in play. They don't have maybe the rosters of home runs, and power, which the big clubs seem to build their club and roster on. So I think they're taking advantage of throwing over twice, enticing people to steal, no shift. And I think the athleticism is coming back in the game. And the teams that either lucked into it roster-wise or could see this coming are the teams now that can compete with the big boys. And I really believe that it does level the playing field a, a little bit. And the financial disparity, that's still real, but the flexibility of the lineup is now something that, that, that clubs can take advantage of. How about those D-backs? Do you think they have a chance to win the NL West over Dodgers, Padres to a degree, not off to a great start, but can the D-backs win the NL West this year? 
You know, from a division winning uh, scenario, that would be one of the most shocking ones <laughs> in a long time. It really would, because I know that the Diamondbacks have been trying to become relevant for a while, and they had some issues not too long ago, obviously, with payroll. But they've made some really good uh, decisions and trades, and they're utilizing some young, exciting players. Again, they are really burning up the base pass, and they're making it very difficult on opposing teams. Think about the change. When pitchers don't hold runners on, they haven't never had to. Now they have to learn on the fly. That's yeah. a tough navigation. And now that the, the park uh, lends itself to, to making contact with doubles, triples. I just think that it's the right fit for baseball to go down this path. I don't think anybody could be more excited if you think about the action that has been created and the comp- competition that's been created and, and really the level of it is uh, is pretty fun to watch. I went down recently to watch one of the NL West teams in the San Diego Padres, and I couldn't stop thinking about this while I was down there. So I want to ask you this question. I couldn't stop thinking of it because of watching Fernando Tatis play. So if you were to start a franchise tomorrow with any player other than Shohei Otani, who are you taking right now? Yeah, this question has changed for me. The answer has changed. Oh, really? This question was asked three years ago between Soto and Acuna. Mm Mm-hmm. And I thought that Juan Soto had a longer shelf life based on the way that he approached the game offensively. But I'm going to flip my answer now and say, if I started a franchise right now and we had to redraft everybody, Ronald Acuna is my first pick. Wow. He has the ability to change the game in so many facets. Whether or not he can hit like this 10 years from now is irrelevant because what I'd want is the impact player that you're seeing right now, some growth, maturity, and his ability to just change a game. He gets on first, he ends up at second. He hits the ball with tremendous power to all parts of the field. And I think his lapse of concentration, which can be, you know, when you're young, you go through it. He's not showing that anymore. Uh, it just seems like there's not the, the many moments where he's going to have a few, but there were too many uh, in the last couple of years where, you assume a home run, you kind of pimp it and barely get to first base. <laughs> you see a fly ball. And those things, I think he's grown up and learned. It's been some tough lessons, but I, I'm, I'm going to pick him. Do you think your answer changed because of what Ronald Acuna has done and proven? Like you said, we've seen a little bit of growth there. Or is it to the contrary, or maybe a little bit of both, that Juan Soto, I don't want to, I don't know if he's exactly on the path that he was two, three years ago, the last year and a half for him has been good, not elite. So is it a little bit of both or more what Ronald Acuna has proven to you? Yeah, a little bit of both. I think Juan Soto is a little confused on what player he wants to be. I think he's great. I think he's going to end up being right there neck and neck um, once he gets back to doing the things he's, he's more comfortable doing. I think when you're in that narrative, we talked about it before. Should I walk? Should I hit for power? Should I take this pitch? Should I get the runner in or move him over? I think he's got an elite bat-to-ball skill, great eye, and obviously a great personality that frustrates a lot of pitchers. But to the degree that Ronald Acuna has not only recovered from his injury but has gone to the next level, he's changing the game on the base pass. Where Soto changes the game in the box because he will take a walk and he will definitely hit his doubles and homers. But, yeah, recent struggles, but I still maintain it's more to do with what Ronald Acuna has done. Are you? I, I was listening to an interview with 
Juan Soto the other day. It was actually a bunch of players from the Padres, and they were asking each player their favorite statistic offensively. Like when they're when you're looking at your stats, what's something that stands out to you? And players were like, home runs, on base percentage, slugging. Juan Soto's answer was walks. I, I just don't know, John. If I'm paying a guy that much money and he's as talented as you and I both know he is with bat to ball skills, I I just don't want his answer to be walks. No, I agree. That's the Joey Votto conversation, right? I mean, Joey Votto has been the most intrigued, talked about hitter in the history of the game. Now, if Juan Soto said walks and was stealing 60 bags a a season, (laughs) then maybe that has tremendous value, but I don't think he's that type of player. So there's definitely been this – there needs to be a shift with the rule changes and with the way the game is played that on-base percentage is important, but if you're not a base dealer, then – how important is it? I, I, I think his value to the San Diego Padres is going to be the fact that he hits 30 home runs and slugs and has a batting average close to 300. That's the kind of player I think Juan Soto is. And when he takes his walks, it only adds to the to the batting average being where it needs to be. Yeah. If you're Ronald Acuna and you're leading the league in walks, then you're leading the league in stolen bases and you're still hitting homers and hitting over yeah. 300. That's a good point. Um, this next one, I've gotten a lot of – Stories out of you, John. We share a lot of stories on here, but this next one I'm excited about because I'm actually talking to him very soon. Cal Ripken Jr. is coming on the show soon. So what I want from you is your favorite or best Cal Ripken Jr. story from throughout your career. Well, Cal Ripken, got a chance to work with him in the booth, got a chance to face him. Not a lot, but I faced him, and it's not my favorite Cal Ripken story, (laughs) but I'm sure it's his favorite Cal Ripken story. You know, back in the day, ESPN was the big national game of the week, right? And whenever you got a chance to be on ESPN, you knew it was a big game. And we were facing the Baltimore Orioles, and Cal Ripken's coming to town, I think, for the first time ever. I was pretty jacked up. And lo and behold, Cal Ripken went six for six that game. (laughs) They scored 20 runs. So you can imagine how I felt when I exited the game. Oh, you were pitching that game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I started that game, and uh, I think he went three for three off of me. That's about all I could uh, muster up. I think I gave up a bunch of runs. They went on to win 20 to something. So uh, Cal Ripken, certainly, when I thought about facing him and the icon that he is, I'm like, wow, this is going to be awesome. And then it was. So uh, probably his favorite moment. And mine, I contributed to a little bit of history, I guess. I don't know that he ever went six for six before and or after, but he did that day. I was going to ask you, do you think when I ask him this question in reverse, his favorite John Smoltz story is going to be going six for six in a game? Uh, It should be. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we faced each other much after that. Um, And I'm trying to think if we faced each other in the All-Star game. I can't remember that. But that is a a memory and uh, an ERA that took a hit for the ages that day. Uh, John, I recently, as I mentioned, went down to San Diego, spent the weekend down there, and I, I love it down there, the ballpark, the fan experience, and it led me to saying afterwards that I, I truly believe right now in baseball, Petco Park might be the best fan experience. Do you have currently a best fan experience or stadium that you enjoy going to? And I'll also ask the favorite place you enjoyed playing. That was my favorite place playing. Oh, wow. Uh, pretty much hands down. Yeah, that, that park. 
Uh, even the old stadium, it didn't matter. The conditions were always great. I loved going to San Diego. Guaranteed golf. You're never going to get rain. <laughs> and so I can imagine from a fan perspective, it's got to be up there. And it probably, if I was sitting in the stands, it would be, I think, one of the coolest places to watch a game and not play is Coors Field. I just think the atmosphere and just that huge park and the scenery is pretty cool. But I think San Diego is, uh, when we did the All-Star game there, Fox, I was trying to have a petition to have the All-Star game there every other year. I don't think anybody <laughs> would complain. It's that that unique of a city. And, and, that, and just like I said, you rarely get any rain, you rarely get any humidity. Um, the conditions are perfect. The two you named are two of my top three, I think. I think my top three is Petco, Coors, and Oracle in San Francisco. But And you named two of them. Yeah. And then Oracle is the one I, I never liked pit playing against or playing in because the weather and everything about it just never had a good feel out in San Francisco. But what a beautiful ballpark. I thought from a pitcher's perspective it would be – I felt like the marine layer like holds up balls and the ball doesn't fly there so pitchers would like it. Yeah, I, I like the new one. I just didn't like the old one that was uh, next to that little mountain rock. That 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 <laughs> was I had horrors uh, situations there. That that was the toughest condition ballpark to ever play in because there was so many different conditions. Yeah. And the way that the the wind would come in, it would start at seventy degrees, end at forty three. That was, I think that's the. I don't know that I've had a worse visiting park experience record wise, and not to mention you know. Guy named Barry Bonds played against <laughs> he was pretty me good. a lot there. <laughs> John, always a lot of fun, my friend. Thank you so much for being the first guest in this brand new studio. You're heading out to London soon for the Fox London game, right? Yeah, and I'll be the first guest you have from Scotland when we do it next week. <laughs> that is true. Presumptuous of you to think, but it also turns out it's true. <laughs> Thanks, John. I appreciate it as always, my friend. You got it. All Good. right. All right, wanted to thank John Smoltz again for being my very first guest in this studio. Awesome to have him, as I do every single week, join the show. I really enjoyed the conversation we had today about what player he would choose if he was starting a franchise. He went Ronald Acuna. I really feel like Ronald Acuna, Fernando Tatis are two of the the most common answers you would get. I really think Corbin Carroll's in that conversation. Maybe even Ellie De La Cruz to a degree, although he's not as established yet as the other names that we've mentioned in Acuna and Tatis. But I, I think it's an awesome conversation. Hearing his answer was awesome as well. So always a blast talking to John Smoltz. Next time we'll be talking to him from Scotland, where he's traveling over there for uh, the London game, the Fox London game over there. So that is going to be a blast. But I just want to thank him again for joining me and thank you all for listening. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch everything on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of you. Until next time, my friends, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.